Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, The border remains a disaster. In fact, it's even a bigger disaster. The Democrats sit on their hands and their mouths. Joe Biden doesn't comment on it, has no intention of visiting the border. The vice president, whom he originally put in charge of fixing the situation, bowed out. She's nowhere near the border. And now there are situations in which children are being sexually abused in federal facilities. All the talk about what took place under Donald Trump, all the talk about cages and children and so forth under Donald Trump. And he took charge and he addressed it immediately and he went down to the border more than once and he tried to secure the border with a wall, even though he was blocked by Joe Biden and his party. He insisted that people want to come into this country, have to stay outside this country, and then apply for refugee status. Not come in the country by the hundreds of thousands and even millions and be released prior to a decision being made. This is common sense. Common sense. What's happening on the border today is unprecedented. It's unparalleled in American history. Never before has a president willingly kept the security of this nation, the sovereignty of this nation, open to anybody who walks through, through the border, and then declares he will not deport them. And the people coming through the border are coming into the United States, into the interior of the United States, never to be found again. And then we'll hear the same lines, the same propaganda. People can't live in the shadows. People are paying Social Security taxes. They should be treated like citizens. Wave after wave of amnesty. That's what's going to happen. And you and I have no say in it whatsoever. None. 
None. Joe Biden has his aim right now on your guns. On your guns. Now, guns, as you'll learn soon, he has a name now on the suburbs. He's going right down the Marxist list, one issue after another. First, he says this about guns. Cut one, go. But also, uh, today, we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is that? So, the gun crisis, not a border crisis... A gun crisis. We don't have a gun crisis. We have a crisis of criminals killing each other. We have a crisis in our inner cities. We have a crisis where the vast majority of murders involve black kids being killed by other black kids. They're the crises. But he doesn't talk about any real crisis. Guns are a crisis. Go ahead. Public health crisis. So now it's a public health crisis. And we all know what that means. Your liberties are to be abandoned. They're suspended. It's a public health crisis, like a virus. A public health crisis. Go ahead. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. He hasn't even engaged in any arguments. He hasn't even engaged in any debate. He's just decided that he will impose his will. Power he does not have under the Constitution. The framers of the Constitution would be disgusted by this man. Go ahead. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. Well, really? And you can't take your gun and shoot people in a movie theater either and call it the Second Amendment. What are you talking about, you idiot? The point you're making is nothing to do with the rights of individuals, the legitimate rights of individuals under the Constitution. They talk about the Constitution and the amendments. Where does it say that a president has the kind of power that Biden seeks to Exercise. Where does it say that in the Constitution? Nowhere. And if an amendment isn't pure, and if an amendment isn't absolute, then the way you address it is through another amendment. Through another amendment. Not some self-appointed king who's decided what types of guns, what aspects of guns, what people can have guns. My God, that couldn't be further from the truth. Go ahead. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Bizarre. Phony. Just dismissive. Absolutely dismissive. And there's a big, a big distance between a purity argument about an amendment, a purity argument about an amendment, and where Joe Biden and the rest of the gun grabbers want to take us. A big distance. Now, I want you to keep a few things in mind when you listen to Joe Biden. People hate when I bring this up, and they should hate the subject. There's no question. Tell me, are there any limits on abortion? 
How come he has a purity stance on abortion? How come he calls it a right to choose when it involves another human being? How come he wants to force people who don't believe in abortion as a matter of morality and faith to force them to pay into taxes that would go to subsidizing abortions? Why does he have such a purity mentality when it comes to that? Because he's a sick old man, that's why. Now let's go through a few of these points that he raises. Because he makes these diatribes unchallenged. He's in the Rose Garden today and he wants to eliminate gun manufacturers from immunity. Cuts, excuse me, cut six, go. Even law enforcement officials have told me and told other champions of this legislation, they sometimes feel outgunned by assault weapons with large capacity magazines. There's no reason someone needs a weapon of war with 100 rounds, 100 bullets. You're not allowed to have a weapon of war unless the Treasury Department approves it after months and months and months and months of review. Let me be abundantly clear, because he's a liar. He lies about everything. He's a serial liar. He was a liar from the moment he was born. You're not allowed to have a weapon of war. Bazookas, uh, tanks, nuclear weapons, and so forth. And to the extent you can have some kind of weapon that's used in war which is very, very rare, you got to get approval from the federal government. In this case, the Biden administration and Yellen over there at the Treasury Department. So don't let this liar confuse you in any way. Go ahead. That can be fired from that weapon. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs Nobody. that. What weapon can you shoot 100 rounds from, Mr. Producer? Are people running around with Gatling guns? I, I'm just curious. Well, a machine gun, Mark, you can't own a machine gun without approval from the Treasury Department, and very few people do. Those are called automatic weapons, not semi-automatic, automatic weapons. Tell me, how many people have been killed with weapons of war, with bazookas, with tanks, with nuclear weapons in the hands of private citizens? How many people have been killed with Gatling guns or weapons that can shoot 100 rounds at one clip? How many? None. Zero. Go ahead. We got that done when I was a United States Senator. It wasn't easy going up against the gun lobby. Wow, you're, you're quite the hero. He's charging hills all the time, this guy. Wasn't easy, but he took care of it. Go ahead. Lives. And we should also eliminate gun manufacturers from the immunity they receive from the Congress. This is what I wanted to address. Gun manufacturers and immunity. We're going to have at the bottom of the hour the foremost expert on this entire subject matter, and that'll be John Lott. But before I bring John on himself, he made the point in a piece about six months ago, just about six months ago, and what he's saying is gun manufacturers don't have immunity if their weapons malfunction, and so forth. They, they are subject to the same kind of lawsuits as any other company is subject to. Now, what Biden wants to do is to allow any of the thousands and thousands of people who are killed at the hands of a gun, that is, at the hands of a criminal, or who commit suicide, 
to bring lawsuits against gun manufacturers, even though the gun manufacturers have absolutely nothing to do with it. It would be as if you were to bring lawsuits against the automobile industry for the millions of people who've died on the road, having nothing to do with the automobile itself. And this is no secret what they're trying to do. They want all their slip-and-fall trial lawyer friends who are overwhelmingly Democrat and contribute enormous sums of money to the Democrat Party. They want to set them loose on gun manufacturers. So just by suing these gun manufacturers with tens of thousands of lawsuits, obviously they'll put them out of business, which means you will not be able to purchase guns or ammunition. That's as simple as it is. That's what they want to do. So when they talk about immunity for manufacturers, what was happening is these slip-and-fall Democrat lawyers were starting to sue these manufacturers. These manufacturers who were innocent had no role whatsoever in a suicide, in a murder, or anything, because they see deep pockets and others are politically motivated, and Congress said, no, no, you can't do that. So they don't get immunity if there's direct causation between the manufacturer and some event. They're protected from the trial lawyers and leftists who are seeking deep pockets, will bring frivolous lawsuits and try and drag these manufacturers in as parties, as defendants, even though they have absolutely nothing to do with what took place. That's what they're trying to do. And if you allow that, in the car industry, you would put every car manufacturer out of business. Every single one. Joe Biden thinks that's a good idea. Now notice Joe Biden doesn't speak ever about the immunity that big tech gets, which truly is carved out of nothing. Which truly is carved out of nothing. Notice he doesn't speak about the immunity that was concocted by the U.S. Supreme Court in New York Times versus Sullivan. Notice that? That kind of immunity he supports because they back him. But when it comes to gun manufacturers, somehow gun manufacturers, because they manufacture guns, are to be held responsible and financially accountable for the activities of criminals or if somebody commits suicide. Of course Congress said no, and Congress should say no. Because otherwise the Second Amendment will be dead through the back door. We're on to these people. We're not stupid. We know exactly what they're doing. How many of you own weapons that allow you to shoot 100 rounds? I'm not talking about replacing clips. I'm talking about 100 rounds at a time. I don't know of anybody who owns such a weapon. So Joe Biden is doing what Marxists and propagandists and demagogues do. He's creating straw men. He wants you to hate them. He's going to come to the rescue. He's going to fix the situation. Anytime there's a murder or a series of murders, he will step up and say, see, if they would only pass my law, even though it has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. Says, I want to get rid of these stabilizing braces for pistols that make them like mini rifles. How many people have been killed as a result of stabilizing braces? Stabilizing braces don't do anything other than allow you to hold the pistol steady on your shoulder. 
What does that have to do with anything? I will tell you what it has to do with. He and the activist lawyers at the Department of Justice under this phony attorney general, they want to do anything they can to link pistols to gun control. All the talk about weapons of war, all the talking about semi-automatic or automatic weapons, all the talk about rifles, they want to pull in pistols because they know that's the real game. That's the real game. Get the pistols under control. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Stabilizing braces. In any of these murders lately, have you ever heard of anybody using a stabilizing brace? I don't have a stabilizing brace, but I'm just curious. Joe Biden says, cut three, go. We want to treat pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. It's not what he wants to do. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to be satisfied with quote-unquote military-style Rifles. Because I went to great lengths last week and I explained that rifles are responsible for the murder of relatively few people. One person is enough, don't get me wrong. But in the big scheme of things, when you look at the statistics, people are really not being murdered in a significant way with rifles. As a matter of fact, not even with pistols. With knives and bare hands and hammers and hatchets. Those are where the big numbers are. But that said, That said, they are not going to be satisfied with rifles. We know how the left works. It's going to be guns. Period. When we come back, the great John Locke. See you in a minute. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today, not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, uh, one of the execs in our company said earlier today, what is the name of your image man? I said, what image man? It's our voice guy. And we don't even use him that often, even though he's a wonderful man. I don't have an image guy. It's like, What? Well, it's a pleasure to have John Lott, President, Crime Prevention Research Center, at a time like this. John Lott, welcome. You've had the deal with Joe Biden and his lies about guns for decades and decades, haven't you? Uh, It's amazing. I mean, the media just refuses to fact check even the most obvious things, but uh, I'm glad you're there. Let's look at some of the most obvious things. What in the world does a stabilizing brace for pistols have to do with gun violence in this country? Not not really anything that I can tell. Uh, You know, people don't realize the stabilizing braces were developed originally for veterans who were wounded, who may have lost part of their hand or may have their arm crippled in some way. So it's basically a strap that is attached to the gun and is goes around the person's arm, so it makes it easier for the person who's disabled to be able to go and hold the gun and still do practice shooting or use a gun in self-defense. But do we have a wave of people using stabilizing braces in order to murder people in this country? No, we don't. I mean, the reason I mean, where, where do they come, come up, up with this stuff? Right. Well, there was one case, and that was this recent Colorado shooting that we had in Boulder, Colorado, where the person used it. But it's not obvious how that assisted him in any way. Nobody's really making an argument that somehow it made a difference in his ability to go and shoot people. It's just that he was using it. And so, uh, you know, he seemed perfectly capable, uh, not crippled in any of his arms or anything. So, you know, who knows? It's often what happens with uh, gun control. They see a case involving some particular item, and they assume that they should ban it. But, you know, you need to have some type of cost-benefit calculation here. There's lots of disabled people who this brace makes it possible for them to be able to go and use a gun defensively. You know, John Lott, we'll go through a few of these other uh brilliant proposals here. But what amazes me, John Lott, is the information you provide is on your site. There's a lot of statistical information out there. We pretty much know who's doing what, and it is utterly ignored. It's like the voting rights change in Georgia. It's there. It's in a statute. It's in black and white. And rather than read it, people want to debate uh, the issue, not the facts. Have you noticed that? Right. I mean, some of the stuff that he did today was so absurd, I assume people don't even need to see facts. You know, you, you look at something like him claiming that the the surge in homicides that we had last year was due to changes in gun control. Really? I mean, 
you have prisoners being released from jails and prisons across the country. You have police being ordered to stand down and defunding police. You have prosecutors not prosecuting criminals. I mean, it doesn't really take rocket science or somebody having a deep understanding to know that if you're not catching criminals, if you're not punishing them, guess what? You're going to have a lot more crime that's going to be occurring. And, and not once during the entire discussion today did Biden mention any of those things as a way to go and solve crime. He mentions the horrible crime that's being committed against blacks and Hispanics. Fine, I agree. But what he's proposing won't have anything to do to make them safer. In fact, in some cases, may have the reverse effect. But the obvious thing about having more resources for police, prosecuting criminals, again, uh, never crosses his mind. And uh, he, the, he and the left never want to address this, uh, this problem of black-on-black crime, do they? They have no answers. They, have, they don't even want to engage, do they? No, I think gun control is a crutch for them, that uh, rather than going and dealing directly with the, the issues head on, they want to go and blame something else. And so they go and, and say, well, it's just, you know, if we only had more gun control, uh, we wouldn't have these problems. The, the thing is, a lot of the gun control that they push actually disarms the very people that they claim that they care about. You know, these background checks in Washington, D.C., it costs $125 to do a background check on a private transfer of a gun. Who do they think they're stopping? It's not stopping you or I from legally buying a gun, but the very people that my research indicates who benefit the most from owning guns, the people who are most likely victims of violent crime and therefore need protection, are poor blacks who live in high-crime urban areas. Making them have to pay $125 or... In, you know, in a place like Illinois, $450 to go through the process to get a concealed carry permit. You know, who, who do they think they're stopping? If they just want wealthy whites who live in the suburbs to be able to go and own guns, you know, that's what they're going to accomplish with a lot of their gun control proposals that they want. What are uh, ghost guns? Never heard of that phrase. Is that a new uh, concoction they've come up with, something that's perfectly legal? Yeah, well, it's some, it's basically something that's been around for decades, uh, many decades. It's guns that don't have a serial number on them. Uh, well, well, let me cut to the chase. Is this where people build their own guns? Yeah, that's basically it. But they're not allowed to sell it. If you build your own gun, you're you're stuck with it. You're at least legally, it's already a crime. It's a felony for you to build your own gun and then sell it to somebody else. Do we know? Are most of the murders or Many of the murders occurring in this country from people who build their own guns? Well, we don't really know, but it's a pretty trivial number. I mean, it's hard to believe it's uh, anything even significant at all. Hmm. What is the uh, so-called uh, gun show loophole? Right. Well, uh, it's... I want to address... See, I want to deal with every one of their allegations. Go ahead. Sure. Well... You know, the issue is if you go to a licensed dealer uh, and buy a gun, you have to go through a background check. And whether you buy it at his store or you buy it at a gun show, that licensed dealer is mandated to be able to have to go through a background check before he can sell you the gun. What they Because that's his business. About, Hold on now. That's his business day in and day out, right? Selling guns and selling ammo. 
Right. He'll lose his license and he'll go to jail if he doesn't go and do the background check, no matter where he does it. Mm -hmm. Um, What they're talking about are private transfers of guns. And you could have a private transfer between you and I. I mean, we can't do this in Virginia anymore, where you live. Uh, But uh, uh, you used to be able to go, you know, if I knew you and and you wanted to sell me a gun or whatever, we could do that. We wouldn't have to go and do a background check. Um, uh, There are 20-some states now that require background checks even on private transfers of guns. Uh, But, you know... It's the go-to thing that they bring up after each of these mass public. All right, let me let me ask you a question. Someone... Let me ask you a question. Real-world question. Your neighbor is scared to death, and it's a she that her husband may kill her that night. Right. And she comes next door and she says, "Look, the police know what's going on here. He hasn't done anything yet, but I'm afraid he's going to try something." May I borrow your gun for the next couple of nights, just in case? I need to defend and protect myself and the kids. Uh, in some states, do you need to get a background check for that? That's exactly right. That What they do is they have, and you know this, they have a term meaning imminent danger. It means that the, the threat has to be right there in front of her at the time that you lend her the gun. And as soon as that threat disappears or moves away, she has to give you the gun back right at that time. So if if she tells you that her ex is going to be showing up in an hour, you can't lend her the gun right now because it's not imminent. The person isn't there yet. He's not doing the threat. Uh, There are all sorts of things like that. I mean, even if you know this woman and know that she's perfectly capable of having the gun and it's late at night and there's no gun store open right now, you would be committing a felony if you lent her your gun. And so normal people just trying to go and help out other people who are in need would become criminals. Mm -hmm. It's really quite quite unbelievable. Um, At the same time, John Lott, they undermine uh, uh, law enforcement. They're defunding them or slashing their budgets, that's for sure. Uh, They're making it more and more difficult, starting in New York but elsewhere, for law enforcement to do their jobs. In the case of New York now, uh, you can have these uh, lawyers who will start suing police officers to put them out of business, to destroy them financially, uh, even though they get insurance, and now insurance will be prohibitive. And so you see this attack on the blue line. You see this attack on the Second Amendment. What is their their purpose here, uh, John Locke? What is the left trying to do? I mean, there's a reason why people went out and bought guns last year, because people like the police. They know how important the police are, but they see that the police weren't able to go and do their jobs. And so we're in a situation where we're not going to let the police do their jobs. We're not going to have prosecutors do their jobs, but then we're not going to allow individuals or we're going to make it prohibitively costly for many individuals then to defend themselves when the police aren't allowed to protect them. When Joe Biden said today, you can go to a gun show. You, and quote, you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want on no background check. He flat out lied, didn't he? If you go to a licensed dealer and anybody who's been to a gun show knows that the vast majority of people that are there, virtually all, are going to be licensed dealers, you have to go and do a background check. If and you sit there person- until that background check comes back. It's not like uh, you right. take the gun and, they, and they'll come. You don't get the gun until the government's done with their background check. 
Right. And so if the background check system is, is broken down, which happens, uh, unfortunately, too frequently, you're stuck. You know, you, if it's down for an hour or a day, they may tell you to come back. If the gun show is over two days and the background check system's down for that period of time, you know, there's no sales. They're going to be occurring for that, uh, for that dealer at that gun show. So when he says you can get at a gun show what, buy whatever you want and no background check, that is a flat-out lie. Let me ask you this. As a matter of logic, would-be killers and criminals or gang members, why would they go to a gun show and try to exploit the gun show loophole, quote-unquote, when the person who sells it to them at that gun show will know who they sold it to? Isn't it easier just to get weapons on the black market in the inner city and other places? Why would they even bother with a gun show? Well, you know, the federal government does a survey of criminals who are in jail asking them where they got their guns. And you're talking about something like a a half of one percentage point of criminals say they got their guns from gun shows. Uh, Maybe about three-tenths of one percent say they got them at flea markets of some type. But... But overall, for those types of things, you're talking about less than 1%. And so, you know, this is this big boogeyman there, and as if there aren't other places anyway for the criminals to go and get their guns. I mean, you're exactly right. Do criminals fill out background check materials and and file them so that the uh, federal government can do background checks on them? No. Look, you know, one of the things, uh, and it fits in with one of the false claims that uh, Harris made today, is they say, there are three and a half million dangerous people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. That's simply false. What they should say is there have been three and a half million initial denials, and something over 99% of those are mistakes. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a name similar to a felon from buying a gun. So you're, you're saying the vast way. majority of those cases were errors. Right. And yet they, they repeat it, and yet they say it over and over again. Well, it's not as impressive to say that you've stopped 30,000, you know, versus three and a half million. And, 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 and know, incidentally, and they, uh, John Lott, you can stop 30,000. You can have people who are on uh, some kind of, uh, uh, what is it, parole, for offenses that aren't even right. violent, and they're denied to get, oh, yeah. uh, getting but, weapons. Well, even when you look at the convictions, I'll give you one case that I came across when I was just working in the Department of Justice. There's a guy who is 62 years old. His wife had gotten threats at work. He wanted to go and buy her a gun. Uh, He went in, tried to buy it. Apparently, 42 years earlier, he had gotten into a fist fight with his brother in their front yard. The police had been called. They were arrested. The guy pleaded guilty to misdemeanor domestic violence. He says he didn't realize that that was a covered offense. He was convicted, though, for perjury, because when you fill out the form, you know, they list the things that are prohibited. And the prosecutor said, look, you signed this form. It's clearly one of the prohibited things. And, you know, you go through and look at the few convictions. So um, in uh, 2017, there were 112,000 people who were stopped from buying guns because of the background checks. They had 12 prosecutions. And you go through, and the reason why there are only 12 is because they're not real cases. Mm-hmm. And, and you go through there, and it's like none of them are really hardened criminals. Right. Because 
because exactly what you said, criminals may be stupid, but they're not so stupid that they go to a place where they know a background check is going to be done to go and buy a gun. John, I wish we had a little bit more time because you're, you're an encyclopedia when it comes to this, but people now have a taste of what's going on. Very quickly, if people want to learn more, where do they go? Our website is crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. All right, my friend. Thank you for all you're doing. We'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. By now, you should be used to the fact that Joe Biden is a serial liar. He's a serial liar from the time he was in law school and cheated and plagiarized. Stole language from Neil Kunnick, the former head of the Labor Party in Britain. Stole language from the late Robert Kennedy. Joe Biden is a chameleon. He'll be whatever he needs to be to grab power, to promote himself, and to strengthen the Democrat Party. You see how he's lied? about the voting changes in Georgia, and he continues to use the most vile language imaginable to upset people. You see how he's lied about the COVID-19 bill that had almost nothing to do with COVID-19 trillions of dollars later. You see what he's done on the southern border, which is a disaster. It is a a human, a horrific human uh, event going on down there, inhumane event. You see how he lies and lies and lies, and he has his entire life and his entire career. So when he gets up there and starts talking about guns, he's doing exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. We have in the Oval Office a very sick man, and I'm not just talking about dementia. A very sick, nasty, perverse mind. That's what he has. And he always has had that mind. Whether trashing Bob Bork, whether trashing Clarence Thomas... He will let nothing get in the way. And he doesn't put country first. He puts himself first. And he puts his party second. The country's not even in the top ten. Because he is the most divisive force in this nation. He is the biggest race baser, if not uh, baiter, if not the biggest racist in this nation. Going way back to the time he was a senator early on and his love affair with segregationists and the language that he used. This man's not to be trusted about anything. I shall return. He's here. He's here. 
Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Ghost gun. Honestly, I'm sure people have. I never heard of that phrase before. Developed by the left, of course. Like assault weapons. No weapons, an assault weapon. Military style weapons. Well, is it a military weapon or not? They can't win an argument on the facts. So they have to create images, scary images, and they have to lie. Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today. She's asked a very good question. And, uh, you know, when Joe Biden said you can buy any kind of gun you want at a gun show, that's simply not correct. It's a lie. An absolute lie. The facts are not on their side. It's like, you know, that the police are white supremacists targeting minorities. That's a lie. But it doesn't matter. Here's Jen Psaki. Cut nine, go. president said a moment ago, quote, you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want. No background check. Is there a special exemption in federal law that he was referring to, or just do FLA dealers not have to do background checks when they're at a gun show? Now, what he's pointing out is that Biden is a liar. In fact, there's an enormous number of background checks that go on a gun show because the vast majority, the overwhelmingly vast majority of people there selling weapons have federal licenses to sell weapons. And it's uh, gun shows. Half of the guns I have, I've purchased at gun shows. The other half I've purchased at uh, gun shops. But it's the same background check. So what did Pasaki say? Go ahead. Are you asking me if he was referring? No, it's okay. Were you asking me if he was referring to like a specific circumstance? Or I'm sorry, to tell me a little bit more about your question. I mean, is it the president's belief that you do not have to undergo a background check when you are at a gun show? No, it's not his belief. He believes that gun that background check should be universal. Right. He says no background check. Well, uh, he said no background check. That's what he said. You go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want. No background check. It's a flat-out lie, as you would expect from Jim Crow Joe. Go ahead. So let me reiterate that, which is that uh, gut background checks are something that should be universal. They're supported by more than 80% of the public. He's supported legislation, advocated for that, um, and uh, advocated against loopholes as well. So that's his position, and I appreciate you asking for the clarification. Oh, aren't you swell. Aren't you so? So they want to tighten the grip of the government on our Second Amendment rights. And in the fact, it has nothing to do with the killers that are out there. They wouldn't condemn violence all summer long, except on January 6th, when there was an insurrection without any weapons, and the only person killed was one of the protesters killed by a police officer. I just want you to understand how sick these people are. How sick these people are. They don't mention the Democrat presidents, Obama, Clinton, pardoned domestic terrorists. They did. F-A-L-N terrorists. And of course, if you ever bring up the fact that Barack Obama was pals with a domestic terrorist, a couple of them actually, 
Ayers and Dorn, just to name two, well, then you must be a white supremacist. The fact that Joe Biden, and I'll get to more of this later, is now funding an Iranian regime, which is the world's leading terror state, so that they can manufacture nuclear weapons. No, 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 that's not a big deal. You're right to a pistol, that's a big deal. Or that he's now giving hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinians without any requirement that they not use it for terrorism. I have an update on that. That's not a big deal to Joe Biden. No, 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 no. The fact that drug cartels through their surrogates, are moving freely across our southern border. No, that doesn't concern Joe, the health, the safety, the lives, the lives of the American citizenry. No. So he gets on TV and he lies about background checks. Then they use this phrase, ghost guns, which is completely concocted. That covers mostly people who make their own guns at home. We're going to outlaw that? Why? Is there some great Mass murder spree going on by people who make their own guns at home? I would argue that making your own guns at home is exactly what the Second Amendment was intended to protect. And I didn't understand that last night when I had a caller, and he didn't explain it well, when it comes to these serial numbers on the guns. But if that's what he's talking about, I agree with him. Stabilizing braces, like that's a big issue? For pistols. They want to get the pistols. Trust me on this. It's all about emotions. It's all about hot buttons. It's all about propaganda. It's all about a demagogue. It's all about pseudo-events. So they can ram their agenda down our throats. And speaking of which, it's here. It has started. One after another after another. Now Joe Biden is targeting the suburbs. Exactly what Stanley Kurtz told you they would do, and exactly what I told you after listening to Stanley Kurtz told you what they would do. President Donald Trump told you that they were going to target the suburbs, and it's begun. And we're going to have Stanley Kurtz on here in about 10 minutes to explain, but he wrote a piece in National Review which starts with the introduction of his massive $2.3 trillion so-called infrastructure bill, Biden's campaign to end suburban single-family zoning has begun. The suburbanites outside of Philadelphia, where I come from, that all vote Democrat, not all, but enough of those counties went, congratulations, you just screwed yourselves. If you think this issue was debated and resolved during the 2020 presidential campaign, you're mistaken. It's true that Biden's campaign platform openly and unmistakably pledged to abolish single-family zoning. And as soon as President Trump made an issue of that pledge, Biden went virtually silent on the issue, and the Democrats' supporting press falsely denied that Biden had any designs on single-family zoning at all. And now that he's president, Biden's infrastructure bill openly, openly includes programs designed to eliminate single-family zoning, which Biden calls exclusionary zoning, of course. Exclusionary zoning. And how does Biden intend to do this? Well, just a few minutes after the break, Stanley Kurtz will be here to explain it to you. Every aspect of this society is under attack. Biden's taken the most left-wing ideas and proposals by the most radical organizations, and one by one he's instituting them. So fast, 
so fast that he's crashing the system without our ability to respond. He's taking advantage of a republic. A republic which typically acts in a relatively deliberative and slow process to ram through one thing after another. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Joe Biden. At war with American society and American culture. Stanley Kurtz has warned us about the war that was pending against the United States suburbs. Stanley, how are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us what's going on now, Stanley, in this massive infrastructure bill, so-called. What does he want to do to the suburbs? Well, this so-called infrastructure bill is is actually a kill-off suburban zoning bill. And, of course, President Trump tried to warn the country about this during the campaign, and Biden actually promised in his platform to kill off uh, single-family zoning, which is typical suburban zoning. But once uh, President Trump made an issue of it, Biden went silent. The media put out a lot of bogus fact-checks claiming that uh, Biden had no interest in eliminating single-family zoning. And now, uh, with his uh, rolling out his infrastructure plan, Biden, sure enough, has a plan that will eliminate single-family zoning. Now, he calls it exclusionary zoning, but what he means by that is what everyone usually calls single-family zoning. And what he's doing is putting billions of dollars out as a carrot and saying, okay, come on, apply for this money. We're going to give you a lot of federal bucks here, but if you take it, you're going to have to, in various ways, erode or eliminate your suburban single-family zoning. And if the Democrats get enough of a majority in Congress in the next election, they'll use a stick, too, which Biden also promised to use in the last campaign, not just the carrot of money, but uh, a threat to withhold the uh, transportation repair funding that suburbs need to keep their roads in repair and and be able to drive back and forth uh, if their jobs are outside of their municipality. Biden wants to hold that money hostage to eliminating uh, your zoning 
Uh, he doesn't have the votes for that yet, but he's got this, this big fat carrot of billions of dollars he's laying out there. And, of course, the meter in his back pocket. Here's the Reuters headline by Andy Sullivan and Jarrett Renshaw. Biden seeks to ease housing shortage with $5 billion carrot no-stick approach. Easing housing shortage by insisting on heavily dense apartment buildings and so forth being put in single-family home neighborhoods. And this exclusionary zoning, which is, again, is an attempt to be a, a throwback to Jim Crow and so forth, as if it's racist, because you have zoning for single-family homes. Do I have that about right? You absolutely do, Mark. And really, the racism charge is so bogus because, well, first of all, you have many minorities in the suburbs now, and uh, uh, minorities, uh, people of every race, ethnicity, religion, what have you, enjoy single-family zoning. That's the American dream. Save your money, uh, be a hard worker, and buy that dream home uh, in the suburbs uh, where you have a home with a yard, plenty of parking, a safe area for your kids to walk to school and play. Everyone likes that of every uh, race, creed, and ethnicity. It really isn't a matter of race, but, of course, that's the way the Democrats play it nowadays. Now, Joe Biden lives in a very large home with a lot of land around it. So, of course, he has what he wants, and now it's a matter of taking from other people what they may want. The federal government involved in zoning, uh, isn't that a very dangerous idea? I mean, who would make decisions about zoning? Bureaucrats at HUD and so forth, as opposed to local zoning boards and communities? Absolutely, Mark. Really, this this plan of Biden's is a contravention of the federalist system, the heart of the federalist system. We leave decisions on uh, schooling and on zoning and local economic development to localities. That's the American system. We've got layers. We've got the federal government, then we have the state governments, and the states give considerable flexibilities to localities because those are the areas that are close to the people where you can go to a meeting at your local zoning board or your, or your local city hall and tell them what you think on the basis of your understanding of your neighborhood. And uh, again, as you say, you don't want a bureaucrat at HUD making a decision for someone locally. But Biden, in both the areas of education and housing, is determined to rip those decisions out of the hands of Americans and basically um, neutralize the entire federalist system. Now, to underscore your point, there's a pattern here. He wants to nationalize what goes on in local school classrooms. He wants to nationalize the voting system. He wants to nationalize the zoning system. To what end, Stanley Kurtz? Well, people on the left don't really like the way that Americans like to live. They, uh, they have other principles in mind. We'll tell, you, we'll tell you how to live. For example, there's never been an idea in America that we have to have economic integration, that every district has to have exactly the same mix of incomes, say. Uh, But this is increasingly a popular idea on the left, and that's part of what's behind this this zoning play. And so it's uh, it's a federal power play. Take the money from the uh, taxes of the people in the locality and give it back to them with conditions that say you've got to change your way of life. 
Reuters starts off like this. President Joe Biden is seeking to ease a national affordable housing shortage by pushing local governments to allow apartment buildings in these various communities. Is that what Joe Biden's about, trying to ease the, uh, the national affordable housing shortage? Well, I think he thinks that's part of why he's doing it, but I do think there's also a subtext there, again, of a, a series of utopian ideas about how people ought to live. They ought to be um, sort of being counted so that in terms of race, ethnicity, which is what we see in the uh, affirmatively furthering fair housing regulation Biden has promised to revive, you must balance everything in terms of race, ethnicity, and income. Uh, and, uh, and so this is, I think, uh, not only a utopian idea, which means it, it can't be, uh, A, it can't be achieved, B, it rips away people's liberty when you try to achieve it, and C, it undermines the motivation people have uh, to save up to get that dream home on the classic American dream that has made us the wealthy and successful country that we are. You know, Stanley, I've written about in Ameritopia, Plato's Republic, Utopia, Marx's uh, proletariat workers' paradise. This is a bunch of that stuff, isn't it? He never talks about individual liberty, private property rights, the right of mobility. It's always an attempt to construct a society in which the mastermind, not him, they don't want to live in the society they construct, they want to live outside of it. But they're taking every feature of a, of a republic and they're trying to centralize it and control it and manage it and transform it. I see it. It's, it's going on across the board here. Have you ever seen anything like this? Well, I saw it under the Obama administration and now it's worse. And you're absolutely right, Mark, and I think people, of course, we ought to be concerned about the deficit and the green eyeshade issues, but I think it is deeply true that it isn't just a question of big spending and getting a lot of things we like. They are using that money. They are taxing away the money of Americans and, again, giving it back to them with strings so that they can control and transform the society. So not only are we breaking the bank, but we're killing off liberty, and that second part doesn't always get noticed. And what also doesn't get noticed is the dehumanization by attacking the individual and looking at us as groups or as data. And you can see it in immigration right now on the border. Biden doesn't even talk about it. Kamala Harris won't even talk about it. We have a disaster on the southern border, including in our federal detention centers right now, And it's as if, at least for Biden and Kamala Harris, it's as if it's not even going on as they move on with the rest of their agenda. Have you noticed that? Absolutely. And to bring in yet another uh, issue, uh, making the same point, when Biden and Harris say that this is a systemically racist society, I mean, this sort of magical nonsense concept of systemic racism, it it is taking away the idea that individuals are responsible and throwing something magically over society to give yourself a license to re-engineer society. So in a variety of ways, the individual is getting lost. Stanley Kurtz, please keep up your outstanding uh, reporting and analysis. We really appreciate it, and we want to have you back quite soon. Take care of yourself. I'll be right back.
Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. All right, let's see what's going on out there. Let's go to Alec, Huntington, California, the grade 870, the answer, where we are live and national, KRLA. Alec, how are you, sir? Mark, you're a great American, and the guy you had on before, just the tip of the iceberg of what's actually going to be the avalanche that's going to hit us in the next few years. Uh-huh. They are going to take our guns away, number one. No, they will. They're going to try. It ain't going to happen. I've got my guns, and nobody's taking anything away. But anyway, go right ahead. Just like they did it, just like in Australia. I was there in 1990. Luckily, it's not Australia, but go ahead. All the all the guns were gone. Hey, mm-hmm. um, they've already dismantled the Constitution. I mean, you know, freedom of speech is gone. Um, you know, they've taken God out of the schools. There's no more religion. You can't even practice it. Um, well, there is religion. You can't practice it. Uh, but there is an attack on religion, which makes it from time to time more difficult to practice. And those morals you learn in your faith, apparently you're not allowed to use them in your own lives and in the public square. But go right ahead. But you know you have you know you have people that think they came from a mud pit, crawled in from a one-celled amoeba, became a man, and that's what they're teaching in schools from cradle to grave. All so, right, thanks for you know, your call. I don't know what he's talking about. These are dire times, no question about it. But I, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to overstate. There's no need to overstate it. It's bad enough. You agree with me, Mr. Producer? It's bad enough rather than to use hyperbole. You don't have to use hyperbole. What's happening is unbelievable. It's already unbelievable. Let's go to Bob Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Mr. Levin, it is a honor and a pleasure. Thank you, sir. I just wanted to I just wanted to say that uh you taught me more about the, the constitution than than most, but I was always taught that the Second Amendment wasn't to protect you from Bambi or Rocky the Squirrel mm-hmm. or, God forbid, an out-of-control neighbor. It was to protect you from a government gone out of control. I'll even go further and explain what it was for as well. The media and the Democrats, they lie about the Constitution because they want to twist it to accommodate their own ends. What about the second part of the Second Amendment? where it talks about state militias. Why does everybody ignore that? Do you know why they insisted, the states did, on keeping their militias? Do you know why, sir? For what they just went through. No, in case the central government became the enemy of the state. That is why that second part of the amendment's there. And yet the left reads that second part of the amendment and says, no, 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 it was just, you know, for the National Guard. No, that's not what it was for. That's not at all what it was for. Now, people don't want to know the history. I'm not advocating a coup like the Democrats do, like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the other Marxists do. No, I am explaining American history. I read the convention notes from the state conventions where they're available, where they've been pieced together. We don't have all the notes from all the states, but we have enough. We know the purpose of the Second Amendment. The purpose of the Second Amendment was to protect the people from tyranny. Whether it was tyranny down the street, tyranny of the federal government, or what have you. As well as their way of life. 
Weapons back then were a way of life. It's that simple, to protect yourself. They couldn't pick up a phone and call the police. There were no police and there were no phones. Absolutely. And the way, uh, kind of what you you hit on, and the the play with the the language, well-regulated militia. Back then, man, just as you had said, you better have a gun. It better be clean. You better be able to use it. I I mean, the whole point, what's the whole point of the Bill of Rights, Bob? To protect the individual from what? From the central government. From the government. Right. That's the whole point. Every part there. Every single one. It didn't say except for the Second Amendment. Now, that doesn't mean we're an armed militia. We're not. It doesn't mean we we want an insurrection. We don't. But on the other hand, we're not going to just roll over and be disarmed. It's just not going to happen. At least not my house. Mark, we're humans. We're humans. We're fallible. And it, it's happened. I mean, history, but they don't want to teach that either. Anyway, thanks for your time. I very much appreciate it. All right, Bob. Take care of yourself. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy in Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go right ahead, Jimmy. We're definitely in dire times, and you not only do you understand it, you feel it. There is a big difference feeling it. You know, people have to start stop referring to Marxists as progressives and wokesters. Mm-hmm. They're Marxist revolutionaries. It's an unbroken, continuous movement in this country for like 170 years. From roughly, roughly 1917 to now, it's been directed, advised, and helped by the Soviets. It still is. Two members of Communist the Chinese now. Oh, that, that's the last couple of decades, yes. They're, they're all united. The DSA has direct connections to Russia and China. Two key people from the American Communist Party broke away. They worked with the Rainbow Coalition, the, the uh, Freedom Road Socialist Organization, other Marxist groups. They get into the DSA. They built the DSA now into a powerful communist movement that's taken control of the Democrat Party. As the Tell Democrat everybody what Party, the D... The DSA is. Excuse me? Tell everybody what those initials mean. Oh, that's the Democratic Socialist of America. It was one of many Marxist groups. Most of these groups seem to be obscure. But when you get two key people from the American Communist Party, one connected to Moscow, that's Carl Blois, Angela Davis connected to terror groups in, in Cuba. So these people supposedly... And by the way, connected the now as an advisor to Black Lives Matter, just so you know. Right. It's all part of the... So now the communist movement is a mass movement, mass influence. They're still connected, working with groups in Russia and China. And now they're taking... They got got the Democratic Socialists of America penetrates the Democrat Party, getting control, just as the Democrat Party is building a one-party state, waging war against our economy, the energy, our security, our vote. One last thing. This is from a communist publication, and this is all over the world, all different languages. The ideological erosion of the bourgeois order at every level, economic, political, cultural, social, would precede the initiation of direct frontal assault on the state. All of that's been achieved, and it's happening now, just as they had been writing about, preaching. Uh, Mark, what you're doing now is so, so important. I wish that other talk show hosts or all different stations would join in. And hey, well, give them the a left couple weeks. We compete with each other. We compete with each other. The left is united. Mm-hmm. All right, Jimmy, thank you. Jimmy's been there a long time. 
trying to point out these concerns about what's going on in our society. Jason, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, XM Satellite. Jason, how are you, sir? Listening on XM Satellite, by the way. Go right ahead. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, great one. Thanks for taking my call. I greatly appreciate it. You bet. Um, So we have a constitutional right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Well, that's in the Declaration, you know. Right. Well, of course, right. But that last part, I think, was left purposefully vague. I think it was left openly broad for the uh, American citizen, for the individual American citizen to define for themselves. And any infringement upon any of that uh, should be challenged uh, immediately, no matter how small. And President Trump put a titanium spike backbone into the GOP when he was mm-hmm. there. Yep. And I just, I, I, it's infuriating that we're not challenging more of the stuff because the Democrats fought us at every turn. They Here, here's, the, here's the problem. The truth is, Jason, you know, uh, the question is, where do we go to get our liberty back? Ray Donovan once said in court after he was cleared in a long bribery trial, which he said was a setup, and it was a setup. He was an innocent man, and he was found innocent because he was innocent. He said, where do I go to get my reputation back? And so now the question is, where do we go to get our liberty back? It's something worth thinking about, isn't it? You can't say the Supreme Court or some circuit court or some federal court, because more times than not, you're not going to get your liberty back. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, let's take another call here if I can get my screen up fast enough. And I can, ladies and gentlemen. Esther, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go, Esther. Uh, what Stanley Kurtz is talking about, about the destroying local zoning, is happening already here in New York City. Yep. Uh, what's happening is um, they've been placing homeless shelters in the Upper West Side. And even on my own block, we had a um, we have a few apartment buildings, and one of them was converted into a hotel two years ago. Mm-hmm. And as of the end of the month, the management of the hotel is going to go from private hands to the city. No zoning hearing, no community board hearing, nothing. And um, 
one of the reasons why I think they're doing it is because my polling precinct went for Trump. Uh-huh. So they really want to go after us. Well, and they're also targeting mostly the suburbs. Uh, and so they want to do is uh, draw the suburbs, devour the suburbs into the cities uh, for an increased tax base. And they want to use these also as experiments. They want to eliminate as many uh, mobility factors as they can. That is automobiles, the use of automobiles, public transportation they wish to impose on people. They want much more dense population living. And imagine during the pandemic, obviously, it was the opposite that you wanted. You wanted to get away from other people. But they want people living in more and more dense areas and smaller and smaller uh, footprints, as they say, less and less carbon uh, dioxide. Fewer automobiles, uh, less water, less electricity, less heat. Uh, In other words, they want to turn us into 1954 Moscow. And that's where we're headed. Because capitalism is what keeps us free. Capitalism is what keeps the uh, economy robust. Liberty is what maintains the whole notion of humanity. When you group people into into uh, falsely created groups like whites and white privilege and the rich and so forth, you're able to dehumanize the individual. And that's exactly the situation. Wherever Marxism or democratic socialism or whatever crap they want to call it, whenever they impose it, people become impoverished, they lose their liberty, and in the end you need some form of a police state. It can be a massive regulatory state that smothers you. It can be massive taxes and redistribution of wealth. Or it can be the iron fist. All or some of all. And that's where we're headed. This government is now making decisions without the consent of the governed. The Democrat Party lies to us each and every day. They put phony labels on massive welfare state bills, on massive socialist economic bills. The border's wide open in order to populate the Democrat Party 10 and 20 years from now, despite the horrors that are occurring on the border. That's what they've done to this country in 90 days. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, ladies and gentlemen, as Joe Biden is burning down our traditions, our institutions, and our customs here in America as fast as he possibly can, he is a a leftist pyromaniac, if you will. He's doing the same overseas. He wants to take a small fortune from the American taxpayer and funnel it into the Palestinian regimes and it's not just Abbas who rules with terror and torture and murder 
in the Palestinian Authority areas. It's Hamas, too. Funds would also flow to the Gaza Strip. This is a priority of Joe Biden's for some perverse reason. He believes that this will bring us peace in the Middle East. And yet there's been peace in the Middle East for precisely the opposite reason. The Palestinian regimes and the terrorists who run them have been given opportunities to conduct themselves as civilized societies, to take their feet off the neck of their own people, many of whom they keep in a refugee status, so when the UN comes with its cameras and their, and their media lapdogs, they can see that. There are also areas, and I saw them in Hebron and other places, where the Palestinians have an awful lot of money. And that money, that money is handed out to people who are loyal to the terrorists who run these organizations. That money is also provided to terrorists who kill Jews. And the more damage they do, the more headlines they grab, the more Jews they kill, the bigger the pension that their family receives as a result of the terrorist activity. Donald Trump had had enough of this. He'd had enough of it. He told them to cut it out. They wouldn't cut it out, so he cut off the funding. Joe Biden, in his first 90 days, among his priorities, is to provide billions of dollars to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran to continue to provide them with a pathway to come up with long-term nuclear missiles, long-range nuclear missiles that are MIRVed, to reward the Palestinian regimes You know, it's an amazing thing to to watch these fools on the left. They go after the state of Georgia because the state of Georgia actually does what it needs to do to bring integrity back to its voting system. It has nothing to do with race or anything of the kind. They lie about it, the left and Biden. They talk about Jim Crow. And then they're in bed with the genocidal communist regime in China, who, by the way, is now rounding up Christians, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. You know, there's only so many Muslims to go around in China, but now they're eyeballing the Christians. I'll get to that. And he has no problem with Abbas and Hamas and what goes on with these regimes. And in China, he said, well, you know, that's their culture. Their culture is different than our culture. The man has no moral compass, none whatsoever, but he never did. So there are a few senators and a few congressmen who've pointed out now That Biden, if he starts funding the Palestinians, he's violating the anti-terror law. Now, we invited Senator Reich on the program. He didn't want to come on the program. He referred us to, what, the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, Mr. Producer? Well, why would I talk to a whole committee? So he didn't want to come on the program. We reached out to Congressman McCall from Texas. He didn't want to come on the program. We reached out to Senator Cruz. He was busy. And asked if he can come next week. No, we're moving on. I do this basically to reward these politicians who want free media for the great things that they're doing. Because I can handle this myself. So they're objecting to the Biden administration's plan to spend a quarter of a billion dollars on the Palestinians. Arguing that the proposal violates anti-terror law as reported 
at Breitbart, which is a fantastic site by my buddy Joel Pollack, and he is, he's tops. The Biden administration announced $250 million in spending Wednesday on the Palestinians despite a 2018 law that prevents U.S. taxpayer dollars from supporting the Palestinian Authority while it pays stipends and pensions to terrorists and their families. You know what's interesting about this? I haven't seen this on one cable news show. None. None. That Biden is going to subsidize terrorism. Does that not concern anybody? In 2018, President Trump signed the Taylor Force Act into law, which prevents the U.S. from providing economic support and other funding to the Palestinian Authority, while it continues to pay the families of deceased terrorists, or to pay terrorists in Israeli prisons, a policy referred to by critics as pay for slay. The Palestinian leadership, having refused to end the payments, lost funding. Trump also cut funding to UNRWA, which is part of the UN, because of the concerns that it has supported terrorism. So the Taylor Force Act allows for a limited set of humanitarian exemptions, such as funding for vaccination programs. Blinken claimed that, he's the Secretary of State, Blinken claimed that all assistance will be provided consistent with U.S. law, but did not explain how the funding would comply with the Taylor Force Act. He also did not provide any evidence of reforms within the Palestinian Authority or UNRWA, nor did he mention any Palestinian effort to discourage terror or stop incitement against Israel or Jews. This is part of a letter that was sent by senators to, uh, to the State Department. It is amazing the tolerance level, the high level of tolerance Biden and his elk have for terrorism, inhumanity on our own border, immorality, while claiming to support all of them, isn't it? Biden has unleashed hell on our southern border, both south of the border and north of the border. Biden is uh, undermining all the tremendous peace efforts and successes that were made in the Middle East. By the way, you know what amazes me about that, Mr. Producer? Biden is undermining all the wonderful things that were done under the Abraham Accords, President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu. Maybe I'm not hearing it, maybe I'm not looking in the right place, but why isn't there more condemnation? by former Trump national security and foreign policy officials about what Biden is doing? Are you hearing much of it, Mr. Producer? No, we look at the media every day, don't we? In a thousand ways. I'm really quite shocked by this. Why am I behind the microphone? A louder voice than probably anybody else condemning what Biden is doing in the Middle East. Doing to the state of Israel, doing to the the Gulf Arab states, subsidizing and supporting effectively the regime in Iran and these terrorist-linked regimes that the Palestinians have. Where are all the other voices? Where have they gone? I'm not talking about anyone in particular. It's just that the silence is deafening. Hey, boys, it's time to step up. It's time to speak out. Where the hell are you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Authorities in China are detaining Christians in secretive mobile transformation facilities to make them renounce their faith, RFA has learned. Have you heard this anywhere else? I don't think so. This is reported by, and RFA is Radio Free Asia, if you're wondering, reported by Lee Nuo, L-I-N-U-O, of Radio Free Asia's Mandarin service, translated and edited by Lucida Moody. A member of a Christian house church in southwestern province of Shishun, who asked to be identified by a pseudonym, said he was held in a facility run by the ruling Communist Chinese Party, CCP's United Front Work Department, working in tandem with the state security police for 10 months after a raid on his church in 2018. It was a mobile facility that could just set up in some basement somewhere, Lee said. It was staffed by people from several different uh, of the Chinese government departments. It had its own political and legal affairs committee working group, and they mainly targeted Christians who are members of house churches. So Christians are having to go underground, and they're having to have their services at one or another's house. The Chinese Communist Party, which embraces atheism, embraces Marxism, exercises tight controls over any form of religious practice among its citizens. State security police and religious affairs bureau officials, sounds like Newsom, frequently raid unofficial house churches that aren't members of the communist, Chinese Communist Party-backed Three Self-Patriotic Association, although member churches have also been targeted at times. The Communist Party under Xi Jinping regards Christianity as a dangerous foreign import, with party documents warning against the infiltration of Western hostile forces in the form of religion. Lee said he was held in a windowless room for nearly 10 months, during which time he was beaten, verbally abused, and mentally tortured by staff, eventually resorting to self-harm by throwing himself against a wall. His account is chillingly similar to those of former inmates of transformation camps, quote-unquote, in the northwestern region of Xinjiang. They use really underhand methods, Lee said. And he goes on. Inmates who refuse to admit their mistakes, you know, that they're Christians, were held in solitary confinement for prolonged periods of time. There's no time limit for the brainwashing process, he said. 
I don't know the longest time anyone has been held there, but I was detained for eight or nine months. You can't see the sun, so you lose all concept of time. He said suicidal ideation and self-harm was commonplace. He said, I couldn't sleep. After you've been in there a week, death starts to look better than staying there. I bashed myself against the wall to self-harm. One time in there, I was groggy and was trying to open my eyes, but I couldn't. Four or five of them grabbed me by the arms and legs and pinned me to the ground. They injected me with some drug and brought me back to consciousness. Lee said he was in very poor health on his release, with edema all over his body and a weight gain of 10 kilograms. He remains haunted by the experience to this day, he told Radio Free Asia, another Christian who asked to remain anonymous, and they talked to a number of Christians, none of whom have been talked to by CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, or any of the rest. So Christians are, have been, and now it's been accelerated, are being targeted by the communist Chinese regime. Isn't it amazing? And they warn anybody, you protest against us and you don't attend our Olympics, you will pay a price. And you could hear Joe Biden's false teeth chattering all the way to Beijing. While Joe Biden is attacking the state of Georgia, while Joe Biden is attacking Republicans as Jim Crow. This is a very sick man, Joe Biden. He's a very, very sick man. But he's always been a sick man, even when he had more wits than he has today. All right, let's take a call or two, shall we? Yes, we can. Bruce, Long Beach, California, 870, the answer. KRLA country, go right ahead. Uh, Mark, I must respectfully disagree with you about single-family R1 zoning. Uh, I believe that that in itself is a violation of uh, property rights of the owner to build multifamily. I believe that the federal government does have an interest under the 14th Amendment. Okay, I don't care about that. Uh, If I'm a neighbor, let, let me explain something to you. If I live next to somebody who wants to build multi-family housing, housing for density purposes, and I have a single-family home, what about my property rights? Well, one's property rights extends to one's uh, property line. outside of one's No, it doesn't. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say I live on a river. And the guy upriver is pouring poisons into the river, and it's affecting my property. It doesn't end with his property line. It affects my property. You're not even listening to me, are you? You, You've read read a little bit of the Austrian school, and you're going to repeat it like I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Thanks for your call. There you go. Can't have a discussion with a guy like this. I've written all about this. I know where he's coming from. And he's wrong. He's wrong about his take on property rights. Property rights does not mean you can do whatever the hell you want on your property. If you want to, for instance... And, and by the way, the Austrians would tell you the same thing. Adam Smith would tell you the same thing. Milton Friedman would tell you the same thing. If you, want to play, if you want to dig holes on your land and put toxic poisons there that have the potential of leaching into my property next door, you're not free to do that. If you live upriver and you're going to dump stuff that goes downriver and affect my shoreline, You're not free to do that. This is why zoning came about, and this is why it must be local. That doesn't mean there aren't abuses in zoning or abuses in anything else human beings deal with. So 
property interests don't necessarily end at property lines because they can leach over property lines or affect property lines and therefore affect property value. And what we're talking about here, and the gentleman is utterly confused. I wanted to talk to him, really, but he kept talking through, didn't he, Mr. Producer? He wasn't even listening. He wouldn't stop. We're not even talking about private property rights here between property owners. We're talking about the federal government imposing its zoning will on local communities. So he's not even in the right ballpark. Now, I know I get impatient with fools, but I was willing to engage, but he wouldn't shut up. So there's nothing I can do about that. I'm not his wife. Let's go to Jeannie, Queens, New York, the great WABC. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Mr. Levin? Thank you so much for taking my well, call. This is my first time speaking to you. Thank you. Um, you know what my dad used to say when somebody called him Mr. Levin? Yeah. He said, I'm Mr. 12. Anyway, you can call oh, me more. <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm very concerned about what the gentleman said before about um, the housing being taken away. I'm... I'm a daughter of a Holocaust survivor family, and the thoughts of being taken away and my home being taken away are always underlying, but never been so prevalent as now. And I'm worried that they're going to, this so-called redoing all the housing over, refurbishing the buildings and everything, is an excuse to maybe take us out of our home, put the immigrants into our homes, relocate us somewhere else. No, 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 slow down. I don't think they're going to take us out of our homes and move the immigrants into our homes. I think what they're going to do is destroy our neighborhoods and communities uh, with centralized zoning, which has as its purpose to destroy the suburbs, to destroy single-family homes, to destroy the opposite of density. That is, people living on uh, larger and larger lots. They, They have a real problem with our automobiles and the fact that we use gasoline. They have a real problem with the footstep, they call it, the carbon footprint of your home. Uh, These are all going to be targeted now. So it's not that they're going to remove us and put immigrants in. It's that they're going to destroy our property rights. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. See, part of the problem we have in this country, ladies and gentlemen, are these relatively 
low-rated programs on these cable channels that promote the most radical and stupid people walking on the face of the earth who, who work for NPR, PBS, or CBS, ABC, NBC, or the New York Times or the Washington Post. So they, they continue with the propaganda. They, they continue to perpetuate these lies. I'll give you a perfect example. Joe Scarborough is a reprobate. He's an absolute reprobate. And he's a failure at broadcasting, pretty much. I mean, he works at MSNBC that overpays its hosts, given the small audience that fools like him have. And so what does he do? He brings in this Yamichi Alcindor. Yamichi Alcindor is no journalist. She's a fraud. She's a leftist with a press pass. And so they're talking about infrastructure. And the reason Scarborough brings her on is because he knows that she's going to say things that he wants her to say. That's why. And they twist words, they twist meaning, they push propaganda. And I'll give you a perfect example. Here's Yumichi Alcindor. Does she work for PBS or NPR? Not that I care, but she works for one of the government. What is it, PBS? And you have to ask yourselves, why? Surely there are more professional, more serious, and more competent journalists including African-Americans or Caribbean-Americans and so forth, and Yamichi Alcindor. So we're subsidizing our own demise, and we're subsidizing this propaganda. So here's a perfect example, talking about infrastructure on MSNBC, on the Joe Scarborough Show, which is the favorite show of the North Korean generals. Cut 13, go. When you zoom out and look at what this infrastructure plan is and what they what they're describing it as, they're really talking about the scaffolding around which society functions and, and through which society functions. They're talking about wages. They're talking about clean water. They're talking about. Access See, it's to as if she is a uh, press person for the Democrat Party, for the Biden campaign, excuse me, for the Biden White House. No, it has nothing to do with scaffolding for social or socialist programs, Yamichi, has nothing to do with that, never has. Plain English tells us what infrastructure is about. And at least have the integrity, you and the people you support as a surrogate for those people, unofficial but nonetheless, a surrogate for those people, to tell the truth to the American people. That what you actually mean here is to advance a centralized socialist agenda. Stop playing with the word infrastructure. Tell the American people the truth. If your view is so popular, why do you try to conceal it with lies? Go ahead. These things are really key to the way that America... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Why am I even listening to you? Why do I even listen to you? And this clown Scarborough, did they come any dumber than that guy? No. And I'm I'm being being very honest. Does he not look like an adult version of the banjo player on the bridge in Deliverance? Does he not? Does he not look like an inbred? Not that he is. I would never say that. No way. But look at the propaganda. Boy, Mika's had a lot of influence on him. Hasn't she, Mr. Producer? Left-wing kook. Chip off the old Zbigniew's shoulder. That is, block. Now, Nancy Pelosi is a worldly, well-known moron. As she sort of shuffles to the microphone. 
with that stupid look on her face and the same set of pearls every day. Uh, Nancy Pelosi at a press conference today. Let's hear how she discusses infrastructure. Cut 14, go. So that everyone has the full advantage of what building the infrastructure. Between her and Biden, what do they need? An interpreter for both of them? I mean, it's the most. Anyway, go ahead. It creates jobs in the building. It creates commerce in the uh, moving of. What, what is to... it? They don't know how to speak English in complete sentences? What, what's the deal? What's the deal? Go ahead. Farm to uh, produce from farm to market or other products. Oh, now the farmer from San Francisco. She's telling us farm. Moving products from farm to produce? Mr. Bidder, how do you move products from farm to produce? What does that even mean? Go ahead. Production to the marketplace, of people to school and work and the rest, clean air for our children, clean water for them to drink. Get the don't I get of- clean air too? Don't, don't we adults get the breed clean air, ladies and gentlemen? Always for the children, except when they're not. Like she and her party standing in the doorhouse way of school so little kids can't go to school. Yes. A sort of uh, Orville Faubus or George Wallace, if you will, with a wig. Go ahead. Uh, Again and again to talk about how we do this in a way that involves everyone in our country. What is she rambling about? What is she even talking about? Go ahead. Across our country. We hope to do this in the most bipartisan way. No, you don't. You're a hack. You're not doing anything in a bipartisan way. You keep pushing through stuff. You don't go through committees. You don't participate or allow the Republicans to participate. What do you mean in a bipartisan way? You with the bipartisan? Biden with the unity? You're two hacks. You're too old. Nasty, stupid hacks. May I say that with all due respect? That's exactly what they are. Now we have Pramila Jayapal. Pramila Jayapal, who I think represents Seattle. I may be wrong, but who cares? And she's in a video message today about Medicare for all. Oh, yes. Because for the Marxists, their job is never done, ladies and gentlemen. Cut 16, go. Medicare for all will ensure that these essential aspects of health care are fully covered and with no hidden fees. No, wow. Medicare for all, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody know of a single communist or socialist regime where medical care is centralized and... uh, and handed out, rationed out by bureaucrats and politicians where it's better than in the United States? Where is medical care better than in the United States? Are people from the United States running off to communist China, communist Cuba, communist Venezuela, communist North Korea? Where are they going? Are they running off to socialist France and socialist Britain? Where you can't even get clean teeth? Is that where we're all running to when we need major operations? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. What do you think, Pramila Jayabal? Go ahead. 
It's time to guarantee... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Another one. Now, while we're on the subject of idiots, Joe Biden, I've talked about this. Joe Biden. Mr. Biden and Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill and Mr. Hyde. Now, ladies and gentlemen, three years prior to ascending to the office of the presidency by hook or by crook, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a man of Scranton, Pennsylvania, who lives in a multi-million dollar mansion in Delaware. Nobody's sure how he got it. Maybe the communist Chinese are, but we're never going to look into that, of course. Joseph Robinette Biden and Dr. Biden, during the three years preceding their moving into the Oval Office, made over $17 million. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Lunch bucket Joe. Lunch bucket Joe, $17 million. And uh, $13.5 million of that, they had a very clever accounting firm set up two S-corporations. Now, without getting into the weeds, they set up these S-corporations to launder $13.5 million of the $17 million through it. That is, they set themselves up as a small business. They were in the business of spewing carbon dioxide. Why anybody would pay to listen to these two numbskulls is beyond me. But they did, and they paid a lot. So $13.5 million of the $17 million they, they made in the three years preceding Joe wandering into the Oval Office. They ran through these two S-corporations. Now, why did they do that? I mean, here we have the famous Pramilia Jayapal insisting on Medicare for all. Well, you have to pay for it, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? And we've heard... Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. go on and on with his Marxist class warfare rhetoric about the rich. The rich have to pay. Amazon has to pay. Come on now. We can't keep doing this. The gap keeps growing older. We got to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. I mean, all they did is create enormous wealth, especially for the poor people, minorities, and women in our country. We can't have that. So, do you know what Joe Biden and Dr. Biden did? They set up a scheme. I think they called a loophole. They used a loophole in our tax system to set up a phony small business. Because we all know Joe Biden doesn't know how to run a business. He's not in a business. And they ran the money through there as a small business so they wouldn't have to pay Medicare and Obamacare payroll taxes. Lunch Bucket Joe, who stands for the little guy, who wants to expand Medicare, who believes in Obamacare, set up a scheme, two phony small business corporations, to run his big bucks through in order to avoid paying Medicare and Obamacare taxes. Now, what do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? Mr. Tax the Rich. Mr. Class Warfare. Mr. Amazon's not paying taxes. Mr. I'm sick and tired of the way the middle class is being treated. I came from the middle class. 
He's such an ass, isn't he? And I say that with all due respect. I mean, he called me a smart ass once. Can I call him an ass? And I'm not going to use the word smart in front of it either. Does this offend any of you out there? Any of you liberals? Any of you Marxists, Democratic, Socialists, Statists, Progressives, Neo-Marxists? Whatever you call yourselves, does this offend you? Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't, because you're zombies. I'll be right back. Mark AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Uh, let's go to Mark Lafayette, Louisiana, the great KPEL. Mark, go right ahead, sir. Hello, Mark. Honored to talk to you, sir. Thank you. So I enjoyed a great interview last hour with Stanley Kurtz mm-hmm. talking about the exclusionary zoning that's that's hidden in this infrastructure bill. And by the way, that's their phraseology to try and give the impression that it's, again, racial exclusion, which it has nothing to do with. Yes, sir. And one thing we haven't heard lately, a lot of, Mark, is sustainability. Mm. And that's because that the leftists in D.C. now have a, a new catalyst, if you will, to bludgeon us into submission, and that is this institutional racism. So we don't hear much about sustainability, but it, it's, it's big, and this exclusionary zoning is part of it. Now, sustainability is the argument that we cannot sustain the pace of growth and so forth uh, if we continue as we go, right? Yes, sir. But there are three components, Mark. I've studied it in depth. There's environment. There is the economy and there's social justice and this exclusionary zoning. No, but I'm asking about sustainability. What does that mean? Yes, sir. Well, it, it, there are three components. It's it's put out social by, justice. Yes, sir. Is a is a third component of sustainability. If you recall the 1992 Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, Nancy Pelosi went on the House. Well, floor. you see, here's here's my deal. As I've studied this, they talk about the degrowth movement. Correct. Have you come across that? Yes, sir. We're overpopulated. We have to live on top of no, each other. No, no, no. Degrowth, overpopulation, yes. But degrowth means uh, we need, the economy actually needs to retract that we're using too many of the nation's minerals in terms of sustainability, uh, that we are creating pollution, we're destroying uh, future generations, and therefore we must actually degrowth the economy. Correct. And move to renewables, which is a total... 
Actually, again, they don't even talk about renewables. It's a very primitive ideology. And it really started in this, uh, it started in France, as most things start in Europe. And uh, I'm not disagreeing that there aren't arguments of the sort you're making, but this degrowth movement is the most radical. It's a Marxist movement. Oh, no doubt. Can, can I recommend, Mark, to your listeners, uh, sure. you, you talk about critical race theory, and I know you've studied in depth, in depth. but for, the, for the, the common man out there, I'd like to recommend go to, all you have to do is do a search for Heritage Foundation Critical Race Theory, and you will find a 52-page I've got to run. i got to run. Excellent suggestion. I apologize. The music means i got to tap dance out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you and be well.